It's so great uh, to be here um, amongst family. I'm a little bit run down. I was at New Day, I was part of the team there. <clears throat> actually, I was feeling a little bit anxious actually the last couple of days, but it's always great when you, when you get to come up and even for the kids to come up to know that actually we're family. That actually, you know, as I speak now, to realize that actually we're for each other. And um, it is an honor and a privilege just to come and share something this morning. So although we've heard stories of kids' celebrations, of graduations, of New Day, the reality is that only ever happens because of a whole range of ages that support and do that at King's. And as you know, hopefully you know, at King's we love uh, diversity. And one of the ways that's expressed in today's meeting is this, is all ages gathered together, so it's multi-generations worshipping together. Of course, it's a little bit noisy, it's a little bit messy, but at times we give up those preferences out of love for each other. It's what we do as family. Um, so our church family today consists of at least four generations. Now, I don't know about you, I get a little bit confused when people talk about generation X or generation Y or generation Z. Actually, so I'm going to ask a few people just to come up to illustrate, I hope you make it a bit clearer for us. So, could you welcome up, representing the kind of baby boom generation, I've asked Jenny James to come up here. Where's Jenny? And also, ge- representing Generation X, Dapo. So, Gen- And so there's some just general stereotypes on the boards. You know, I don't know how true those or things are, but just some stereotypes about it. Okay, next one, representing Generation uh, Y. Rory, thank you. And then can I have Generation Z, the youngest generation. I think I've got Christian, Henry, uh, Finn, and Sol, I think, was going to come up as well. Maybe maybe you're this way. There you go. So we've got at least four generations. Um, there may be others. So maybe some of you were born before the baby boomers. Who here is a, a baby boomer, born 1946? to 1964. Yeah, there's a few hands around, okay, great. Who's like me, Generation X in this age? Yeah, okay. How about Generation Y, 1980 to 1996, growing up with technology? And then we've got Generation Z, the ones who are born digital. Okay, over here, great. Thank you. And so these generations, kind of grew up and were raised in different social, cultural, and technological atmospheres. Okay, Jenny and Dapo here um, haven't grown up with a smartphone. I don't Google things, we had encyclopedias, yeah? Remember those, to look things up. At the same time though, they haven't had the pressure of growing up online that some of these had, and all the pressure that comes with that. And so, regardless then of our preferences, our experiences, different generations like this worshiping together reflects the spirit of unity. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians and he said that we are one body, one spirit, one hope, one faith, one baptism, and we believe in one God who is father of all of us. And 
One of the challenges, though, facing all of us in our modern society is actually we can be more segregated, despite being hyper-connected and lonely than ever. We can be more isolated. I would ask you to move apart a little bit to represent that, but I don't want you falling off the stage, so you stay where you are. And so that's why when you're away at New Day and you're caught up in a bigger picture, you're caught up in something bigger than yourself, despite the fact you may have a leaky tent happen this week, despite the fact that you don't want to queue anymore for the showers, when you get home, quite often, my experience is there's something missing. Michael alluded to already, the, the New Day blues. I wonder if you found that similar. Maybe you've been on a family holiday, a family celebration, or potentially just a, a festival or a sporting event. You're caught up in something bigger than yourself, but actually when you come away from it, you feel like there's something missing. For me sometimes, I think that's the way community is supposed to be. You know, for years as humans, we grew up, didn't we, living in close connection with each other. We weren't meant to figure out life on our own. So despite the fact that church can offer an amazing community, it offers the presence of God, studies show that 75% of kids who are part of a strong church will leave and no longer follow Christ after they've left full-time education. Just something to ponder for a minute. I wonder if um, everybody else can leave stage and we'll leave Finn here. You don't mind, do you, Finn? No, yeah. Okay, so Finn's going to stay. Everybody else, thank you. Let's give him a little ripple of applause. So on an average Sunday morning, we might have 150 kids here at King's. If this statistic is true, 75%, that means 112 and a half of them will no longer follow Christ after they've left school. That's from a strong church like this. Sorry, Finn, you're on your own, buddy. Isn't it great, though, to know that even as we face this issue, God has something to say about that. Thanks, Ben. Um, we just want to read from Psalm 78 this morning. I've asked Grace just to come up and read it for us. Um, if you've got a Bible, please open it up to that. Um, if not, the words will appear on the screen there as well. So thanks, Grace. My people hear my teaching. Listen to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth with a parable. I will utter hidden things from old, things we have heard and known, things our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, his power and the wonders he has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children, so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep his commandments. Thank you, Grace. <clears throat> so in our uh, modern society, we tend to think about the here and now. Often my attention is caught up with, what am I doing next? It might be, what's your next job or the next option you need to take? And this psalm actually highlights that God takes a much longer view. 
he thinks and thinks about the generations to come. And from this psalm then, we are instructed to teach the next generation God's word so they will understand it. So they'll know that they're his children and actually they will have a plan. They have a plan for their lives. We can't expect just to go with the flow of culture. Culture is constantly changing throughout the different generations. Um, If we want the next generation to know God, then we need to make sure we're kind of active about passing it on. Now, parents have such a unique role to play in this. You know, I'm a parent of of three children. And I know that providing for children doesn't just mean their physical needs or their education. Actually, the most important thing we can do is to train them in the way that they should live and to live a godly life. So in Proverbs, it says, yeah, train a child in the way they should go. When um, our kids were younger, one of the phrases I made Christy heard was, Oh, you know, make the most of it, it goes quick. And when you're in the toddler stage, nappies, you're thinking, yeah, it doesn't go quick. It, it doesn't really go quick. It At the end of it, though, now our kids are more than the teenage years, how true that is. And so for some of us, um, with older kids, it's easier to feel regrets. If only I could turn the clock back, maybe, and, you know, and begin again. I just want to remind each of us that actually it's never too late, though, to build a relationship uh, with our children and also to find ways to assure them that God's word is true. But parenting is a task that's so great, we need all the help we can get. There's an old African phrase that it takes a village to raise a child. You know, becoming a child doesn't just happen. It takes the active involvement of the community. And the Christian life is designed to be lived in a community where members support and encourage each other. And the Bible uses the the imagery of a body. We each are members with individual gifts, but it's to benefit the body itself. And so my kids have benefited from the amazing kids' work and teaching. We felt like we've had a partnership with the church. Personally, as well, I'm also really grateful for you know, spiritual mums and dads. So for me, sitting with people who are just a little bit further along on the journey, often it's not quick fixes to a pastoral situation, but actually just the presence of another believer pointing me to the Father. And so I need a community around me to encourage me to confess my sins and my shortcomings. I can't do life on my own. You know, as it says, the lone wolf that gets taken out. So, what did the 25% of children, research has shown, who stayed in the study, what did those 25% have that enabled them to keep in relationship with Christ? Okay, there's five things I want to identify. First one, number one, is they ate dinner regularly as a family. Number two, they served their families in a faith-based ministry. Number three, they had at least one significant spiritual experience in the home during the week. Number four, they were entrusted with significant responsibility in ministry at a young age. And number five, they had at least one significant adult other than their parents who believed um, in Jesus as well. So 
it's amazing to think actually, the simple things like eating meals together, research would show can have a significant impact on whether a child goes on to follow Christ. Even if you're not a believer, actually prioritizing meals together is just so important, such an important thing to do. I didn't want to display those five to, to make you feel more overwhelmed, because the reality is, is, if you're a parent particularly, you're going to be feeling perhaps at times you can't keep up as it is. However, for some of us, it might just be creative ways of planning it. In terms of a spiritual experience, it might be just going for a walk with your child and then um, using it as an opportunity to pray as well. How about, could you be a significant other in somebody else's life? Perhaps you could be a mentor to a young person. The truth is, God has given us all gifts and skills that can be used in the service of others. How can you use your skills and gifts to encourage those of us around us? And so we are so grateful for the amazing people that make kings their home. And one of the best investments you can make to this body is serving. Imagine how many families could be influenced if every member at King's served in some capacity. It's been said that the scriptures were not given just to make our individual lives better. They were given so as a body we could shine like hope in our communities. And we have visitors here all the time, week in, week out. So for example, next week, a mum might show up and she's desperately hoping that her kids will engage in children's work. Maybe that her husband will connect in some way to the life of the church. And you and I have an opportunity to be an answer to that prayer. Imagine, as a church, if we were able to support families at King's so they children would then continue to talk and walk with Jesus for the rest of their lives. Imagine then what we could do together moving forwards. Thank you, everybody.